Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 13, the, the lucky episode we're calling it. Uh, and we are recording this on the last day of April. Is it last day? Is it last day tomorrow? One of the two. Anyway. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, and we're heading towards the bank holiday weekend, which I'm sure will be filled with some beery adventures for us all as well. Um, I'll tell you about my sad tale this week, and I'm, I've not done very well. These two look like they've had a lot of fun uh, out about in the wilds. Uh, unfortunately, we have no music um, to set us off this week, after Sophie uh, leveling places last week. Unless Nick's got some Cumbrian nasal music that he might do, because today <laughs> Nicholas has been beamed in from a little place somewhere near Penrith up in the Lake District. Um, and he sent me some pictures there. He looks like he's had a quite a beery couple of days up in the borders. How are you, Nicholas? What's it called? It's called Fanic Well Park. Right, Lovely little lodge moment. park. Yeah, about 20 minutes outside Penrith. Uh, once again, the forecast has got the weather completely wrong this week, so we've been playing it by ear. So I had a nice walk around Keswick, around the lake and all around there today and various other places. So, yeah, yeah it's all and right. Is it, is it still fairly quiet everywhere? Uh, compared to what it would normally be, yeah, absolutely. A uh, few more folks out today, Paddy Hills walking, you know. I've seen more cars really side of roads and in laybys that people are just walking the countryside. Yeah, Keswick was certainly busier today than we've experienced Ambleside yesterday, uh, Bowness, and then also we went to Edinburgh on Tuesday, and that was deathly quiet. Never known that place as quiet as it was. So obviously they're, they're missing their international tourists, really are. Uh, to say they'd only been open two days, any of the bars that were open could have got sat outside, got a drink, no problem at all. Even the shops, there was no queues in the shops to say the non-essential shops have been closed for so long. So, yeah, it really was, was quiet, yeah. Stuff. And Bruce, have you been out and about this week? Uh, pub wise, have you been this week? Uh, last Thursday, we were at West Yorkshire, but we were at Ben Ridden, the Irish Pint in Ben Ridden, um, but sadly, couldn't find anywhere in Ilkley. Uh, uh, locally, the Fox and Crystal Palace have been heaving, although things have turned a bit sour down at the Fox. Uh, <laughs> reports of people fighting about wearing face match are very, very sad. I was at uh, Tockwith on Sunday at the Boot and Shoe, that's a grand cracking little village about four miles outside York, a real uh, detached village pub up there, cracking little place. So again, Sam Smith's pub. And they were aiming to get to uh, Harrogate and Nairsborough on uh, Saturday, I believe. So Very good. And, and it, for the second week running, Bruce, are you partaking of the, the malted amber nectar tonight? I will, I will go get one. I've been, I've just took an Eevee back from Scouts. I've just I walked, back through the, I walked back through the park, though, and all the cherry blossoms out on the trees. It was actually, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to move off the homebrew. I'm actually got I've got a I've got a so I've got a box this week another box. Um, can't remember this one was from. It's a, it's an IPA section, so I'm going to start with one of the Saltair, um, Saltairs or Salt Brewery, sorry, from Saltair and their Jute Session IPA. I don't think I've had this one before, so that will go down very nicely. So we are going to hopefully finish off York this evening, and I've called this the final stagger. Um, so episode nine, we began the York journey. Um, and then last week we had a bit of a gap, and then last week uh, Bruce took us round, I guess the north, kind of northwest, north bit of York, um, around the Minster, around um, uh, Bootham Gate, and heading towards kind of Monk's Bar. And we've still got lots of pubs to, to pick up, so we're going to pick those up this evening, uh, and that will hopefully finish York off. But as we said, we're only going to touch the surface, I think. Um, I think we're going to get to around about 40-odd pubs 
over mm. three episodes. And even then, no, Bruce, we've just found out Bruce has um, forgotten a few pictures he's got on his phone. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll 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 match we'll patch cover those as well. So we've already kind of started on beery highlights, really. So here's a lovely picture of, of, of Bruce and friends for those of you on YouTube. So this is the this is the talk with one, isn't it, Bruce? You, you were going to yeah, go yeah. and have a look at some Sam Smith pubs. Is this yeah. a Smith pub? Sadly, lots of closed. I mean, on the way there, we passed uh, Ascombe Richard. The pub was closed there. Uh, the pub at Long Marston was closed. Uh, we know the pub at Bolton Percy is closed. Afton Roebuck's closed. Wart Hill's closed. Really, really sad because these are all cracking pubs. Ironically, with tons of outside drinking, uh, the pub at Long Marston and Afton Roebuck have the uh, huge paddocks, not beer gardens, they have paddocks. Uh, the pub at Bolton Percy has got uh, an amazing garden that goes down to the river, um, over the stream. I mean, it's just so sad. But uh... Do you think this is because, obviously, most of their pubs are managed and therefore those guys will be on furlough, won't they? Because they're, you know, well, unlike a, 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 a landlord. I mean, it's, and a lot of people seem to think that, you know, what you get, uh, it's not too well remunerated. But, uh, you know, you get an all your accommodation. Um, uh, it's a strange one, really. I'm amazed there's so many clothes. You know, I mean, again, if you're on, if you're on furlough, so you're getting eighty percent of your wage that you would have been getting anyway, without any of the hassle. Like you say, you're probably still getting your your house rent free, or certainly very reduced rent. Yeah, but the um, ones that closed were closed from before, Michael, and the Sunday. All right, so we, we we thought of all the hospitality job losses have come. Yeah, fucking run them. I mean, you've got the York, you've got the uh, the, the York Arms and the Shadow York Minster closed. I mean, yeah. It's just a situation. And I noticed today one of the papers talking about the other big thing we that's going to hit us yet. Obviously, is the lack of um, overseas hospitality staff, um, yeah. bar staff, waiters, waitresses, who a lot of them come, you know, some of them come on gap years and things from Australia, yeah. but actually a lot of them come from Eastern Europe. And again, they've just all gone back and, and are stuck back over there, even though they wanted to come here as well. So that well, was... The hotel, hotel in York's been advertising for staff. It was in our local paper. A well-known chain hotel's been advertising for staff. Uh, and apparently they've loads of jobs. They've only one applicant, so right. that really bears... But again, that, that paper said that the problem with this, people on furlough won't come back. They're refusing yeah, to come back to work because they're not, rather stay on furlough. <laughs> so anyway, so that's a jolly afternoon. Uh, and then, Nick, you've sent us a few photos. Sorry, that's my little thing. I, I didn't get anywhere last weekend. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere I managed to get to was already pretty full. And it was quite a nice weekend, certainly Friday, Saturday, wasn't it? And I know Friday night we went to a couple of places and there were lots of very happy people sat there. And it was fairly obvious they weren't going to budge for quite a while. It was either hang on till about eight o'clock and get bloody, bloody cold. So in the end, I came home and drank homebrew. So I, I was out of luck last week. So what I did, I came back home, I, I had some of my homebrew and I booked on. So I've got a little bit of an epic uh, journey, a little trip this weekend. So we're going up to Buxton Brewery, booking there for half 12 on Saturday, have a couple of hours there. And then we're going up to a really nice pub called the Royal Oak, which is in Hurdler, which again is a nice kind of bistro -y kind of gastro pub campsite with it as well. And they, do, they normally have three nice beers on. And then on Sunday, we're going to go to the Mecca that is the Thornbridge Brewery. Um, as we said, I think mentioned last week, me and Nick have been there a, a while ago. They've converted most of their uh, car park into a quite a large outdoor space with a pizza oven. So going there for a couple of hours as well. And then I'm going to call back in to the three horseshoes at Blackshamore for some Sunday tea and a few more beers. So that's my little weekend plan. So Nicholas, you've been drinking around the borders by a lot lots of pictures here of you enjoying very fine cask beer uh, around the top yeah. end of the country. So left hand side, we started Hawkshead Brewery. You can see their little van in the background there. So they had quite a sizable outdoor area in front of their beer hall. Uh, the one in the middle is that's that's in the grass market in Edinburgh. That was the last drop of Nicholson's pub. 
as I say, the only cast beer they had on was uh, Say Hostel Tribute. Now, I know Say Hostel make their Nicholson's IPA, and the French guy that was serving me was a bit embarrassed because he said, oh, no, it's not the beer that we should have. Is this okay? And I said, yeah, that'll do me. But, yeah, that's it was very, very quiet. They'd put some gazebos up central area there. Yeah. Um, tribute, tribute's not a bad beer, is it? It's a bit stronger than normal, isn't it, Tribute? Is it about, four, is it just under five, or is it mm. on five? Yeah, yeah, I've got a bottle in the fridge as well, actually. A bit stronger, isn't it? Yeah. I dropped, dropped into the Weatherspoons in Keswick today, and, and all they could offer me was Abbott or uh, Ruggles, which I was a bit disappointed by. But uh, I was in one of my favourite pubs yesterday, the, Al- the Albert in uh, Bonus. Uh, that's a Robinson's uh, pub, and pleased to say they had Cumbrian Way and Dizzy Blonde on. And the Dizzy Blonde was good fettle and decent price as well. That's the other thing I've noticed. Obviously, Edinburgh and certain places in the lakes, you're over £4 a pint easily now. Uh, in fact, at first, the only beer... It was looking like I could get Nicholson's. It was going to cost me £5.80 for a pint. That was some craft lager that they had on. Uh, but this is when he said, oh, no, we have got a cast beer and I'll go and check what it is for you. I still end up paying about £4, £4.30, £4.40 for that one, I think. But, uh, yeah, you expect it at the city centre. So, but as I say, yeah, best pub so far this week has been the the Albert in uh, in Bonus on Windermere. They've got a, a nice outdoor area. In fact, they've got it two-tiered. You've got a covered area with some heat lamps. Uh, we have sat outside before there, actually. Uh, so, yeah, they were ticking over nicely, which was good to see. And we mentioned Hawks a couple of weeks ago. that They've been recently taken over by Halewood. Um, well, a couple of years, one. actually. Yeah, yeah. Not, not recently, a couple of years. Yeah. Was that any so, difference at the brewery there, then? Because No, they had the same beers on. I had thought about maybe trying to find the staff oh, the, that used the new there one. where they've got yeah. it to Kendall. Yeah. Uh, I know you've said they were sort of north of the I, railway station. But... Yeah, I don't think, I think looking at the picture, they keep tweeting, they're just getting the breweries set up by the looks of it. Um, I know they were they were um, tweeting about drains yesterday in, in the, uh, right. in the brewery, like they did the runoff in the, in the uh, brewing bit. So I, I'm not quite sure. They're getting close, I think. Um, I think yeah. they're looking for, I think end of May, I think they probably will be open there. I, I, mean, I, I have noticed the number of, of, of new microbreweries around here, you know, going to yeah. local supermarkets. That's one thing with Penrith, there's three large supermarkets. There's a Boots, uh, sorry, there's a Booze, there's Morrison's, there's Sainsbury's. Yeah. And they've all got, uh, never seen as many different local ales on offer before. Uh, uh, some of which I recognise, and yeah, there must be at least half a dozen breweries now. I mean, last time I was up here at least. Yeah, and I think... Only what, a year, year and a half ago, and yet there must be half a dozen new uh, microbreweries now. All knocking the bottle beers out. I mean, oh, you, at the moment, I'm one called. This is Fell Walker. This is by the uh, Bonus Bay Brewery. That one pound fifty um, in um, in booths. So yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, uh, I yeah. You, you sent me a photo, and I'm, I, I'm not. I think I put it. In, I must turn it off too quick for it. Kind of auto say that you just give a selection there of beers that you've got from the supermarket, which again quite a range, yeah. like you say. Um, and again, that was some of the news, I think, wasn't it? There was a couple of, and it kind of caused a bit of a beery storm, didn't it? Cloudwater in Manchester, who have been traditionally very independent, um, kind of, uh, I think, announced, I think, sometime last week that they've actually done a deal with Tesco's and they are putting eight of their beers exclusively to Tesco's. Um, and that caused a lot of kind of discussion. Actually, when you look at it, it's an interesting story, really. So they've got two packs, basically, two times four for a tenner. Now, there's quite a lot of worry from the bottle shops that, that then creates a little bit of a price uh, hit, doesn't it? You know, if you're Cloud, cloud Waters, Cloud Waters not that expensive, but I guess they probably, I, I guess you wouldn't get four for a tenner in a bottle shop unless they're an offer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what interestingly, what, what's happened is the, the one four pack is a collab 
Um, so every beer, every there's four different beers in the pack, and they're all done with a different kind of smaller brewery. So Eco Brewery, Rock Leopard, Queer Brewing, and Good Car- Good Karma Beer Company. And in fact, all of these have been brewed by Brewdog. So Brewdog have actually brewed all of these on behalf of Cloudwater. And Brewdog and Cloudwater have both said they're taking no profit and any money made from these beers will go back to those four independent breweries to support them. So it's a bit more of a story, really, than, than mm. I think. And, you know, Cloudwater said we've, get low, we have, we've had loads of offers to go to supermarkets and we've picked the one that we think is best for us. Um, but they are going to put their, uh, there's another four pack of their core range. But again, it's all being brewed by Brewdog up in, uh, I guess, up in Aberdeen, which is interesting, isn't it, that um, they're, they're doing that. So that then set off people saying, oh, it tastes like Brewdog. Um, and apparently those that have drank it say, no, it doesn't taste like cloud water. And then almost I think, the day after, Vault City, which are in Edinburgh, Nick, Vault City, they're a fairly a newish brewery. They specialise right. in sour beers. And they've also got a Tesco deal as well, which is really interesting. So Tesco's are going to sell two of their saves on sour beers. Um, I think they're in bottles as well. So that, you know, interesting that, as you say, in Tesco's and people are getting onto the, um, jumping on the bandwagon a little bit. But again, I just, I just nip forward a, a story or so. Um, I know Bruce has got a couple of ones as well. And just that one, I don't know if you guys picked this up, that Guinness, or Diageo, sorry, are pulling that Hop House 13. You know, they forget, I, again, it's 2015. It's quite a while it's been around. Um, and by all accounts, they did it to jump on the craft lager, craft beer kind of scene. Uh, and they just think that it's just not making any money. It's, it's From being one of, the, one of the UK's biggest selling beers, it's completely slumped. Um, which is interesting, isn't it? So they're actually going to I think they it. did like that Weatherspoons, didn't they? So yeah. obviously, if they're losing out the Weatherspoons market, then they will have noticed uh, yeah. drop in sales. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad drink. I, I actually first drank that in Ireland, actually. The first time I ever saw it was in Ireland. Um, Guinness, they, did, they went through a phase where they brought quite a lot. There was a red ale and the, the Hop House and yeah, one or yeah. two other yeah. slightly different ones. Um, well, see, oh, I, the, I've, I've, I've drunk that in Weatherspoons. It's curry night, and I'm not fancying the, the, the real ale that's on. Uh, obviously, with having a curry as well, yeah. rather than going for any other sort of lager, I'd always go for Hop House 13 when it's included in your uh, your curry meal deal. So, yeah, I've drunk it. It's all right. It's, it's lager, isn't it? And I, another thing that Guinness reminds me that I'm going to come back. Um, I was on the Pete Brown thing I'll talk about in a minute. They were talking there about the Belgium Guinness, which I think I have I have heard about before. So we, we know, you, you know, Guinness has got quite a good, uh, the export. We, you can buy Guinness export in the UK. I think that's 6%, isn't it? Then the Nigerian yeah, one yeah. is the strong one at seven percent, but apparently there is a Belgian Guinness which is eight point eight percent. Never knew that. And, and all of the beery people say that is the one you want to try and find. It's hard yeah. to find. They said you can get it in bottle shops in, in England, uh, but you can obviously get it in England. I think it might even be brewed in Belgium, but it's they said that's the Guinness that you want to find, the Belgian Guinness, and it's yeah. about eight point eight percent, and it's better than the Nigerian Guinness. So I got a, to look out I got it. a couple of bottles similar to that in Malaysia of all places in Penang, and it's got yeah. a bulldog on the label. Right. And that was that was getting up for eight percent because I had yeah. a bottle of that and I thought, blimey, yeah, like a barley wine again. It was uh, very, so, very flavoursome. Finish off the tune. We've got another couple of pictures here with you with a uh, fine pints of cut. In fact, one yeah, so breaking the lorry, one of them. <laughs> past past this pub many times, the one in the middle, obviously the Kirkstone Pass. Passed it many, many times. We came up actually from the other way, came up from Ullswater. No, we'll come from Ambleside down into Ullswater. This time coming from Penrith, we came the other way and I said, look, you know, time of day it was. If it's open, we'll stop off. Uh, afraid to say it wasn't a great pint. Uh, plastic glass, which I couldn't understand, crossed over the road. You could sit there. So best view in the, in the country in that respect. Um, but it was Tyrrell, which is a local brewery. 
but once again, I, I think, you know, not expecting uh, them to have been serving very much of it. Seeing it was, when was that? That was Wednesday, yeah. midday. Um, not had much Tyrrell beer, whether it was to do with, you know, that was their flavour, but uh, whether it's because it was the first one of the day as well. So I only had one up there. And then left-hand side there, you can see on the glass, it's, that's the that's the Dizzy Blonde, that's in the Albert in uh, in Bonus, which I say has been my best uh, best beer so far this week, I think. Couple of pints of that was uh, was very nice, and I said that that was priced about three three ninety, I think that was. So that was just below the four pound mark, which was acceptable as far yeah. as I was concerned. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's that been like? The caskets. I know we we did it in Whitby, but what's it been like having some proper beer for the first time in quite a long time? Like, actually, for you guys, not bad because you were still drinking in November, weren't you? Some of us were. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's obviously the weather. I mean, we 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 called into uh, the weather spoons in people's way back down from anybody because it's got a huge beer garden now. Unfortunately, they only had half of it open, which was just the front car park area of the pub. The weird laws in in, in, uh, in in Scotland now mean that you can drink outside, you can't drink inside, but you can have a meal inside. So I had a pint. We then went into the Weatherspoons to have something to eat. So in fact, I had something to eat and I had a can of iron brew because it has to be soft drinks only. And then I said to Jackie, shall we go back outside and have a final pint? And we said, no, we'll get home. Uh, so yeah, it was weird being outside, moving inside, and then theoretically you have to go back outside to have a beer again. It's bonkers, isn't it? Because inside, it's once you get inside, it's it's a big because it's a hotel, yeah. and you know the, the twenty or so people that were huddled underneath umbrellas sat outside could easily have moved into the pub and not caused any issues whatsoever in terms of you know we could have had yeah. one area of the pub each almost in terms of social distancing, and with the airflow, if they just propped a couple of doors open, there wouldn't have been any problem at all. But there we are. Um, so yeah, as, as I say, we, we've got the weekend to come yet. We've got a couple more ideas. They've actually opened a new place in Ambleside. It's like a yard. And in fact, one of the um, businesses that connected that, they're advertising that they're going to be getting Brewdog in a, in a tank. So I know you spoke about a few mm. years ago when mm. the, the clubs in the North they used, to, used to bring in their beer by tanker and they used to have these huge, massive, great big tanks instead of bringing barrels in. It seems in Brewdog are doing a similar thing to that. I, mm. I, I Suspect they do that in some of their own pubs. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, whichever the independent businesses, it's like a yard and there's different food carts. There's a couple of bars there, and they're all using the same central area. Just you know where the little house is on the bridge. Yeah, they're utilising yeah. that area there in Ambleside. So as I say, they're they're advertising, saying you know we're getting brew dog in in a in a tank, uh, so you'll get fresh brew dog beer, you know, straight out of the tank sort of thing. But it, it, I think it'd be interesting, actually, a lot of people, again, a lot of the podcasts I've listened to this week, uh, people all kind of moaning slightly about the, the cold, especially when you get eight o'clock at night, it does go bloody. And it has, well, we've had the coldest April in history or something, haven't we? And, and well, we've, the four- we've, we've had hailstones here, and so up in the mountains coming out of Keswick, they were white over. White over yeah. And the forecast this weekend, that isn't great. It's going to be quite cold, 10, 11 degrees, and, and we, a bit of rain. Down all day, yeah. And a bit of rain. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, uh, you know, you know, this could kill off, couldn't it? I mean, great. There's been a bit of a bounce back, as, as expected. Uh, but again, if you, you know, if it's going to be a horrible weekend, people will say, you know what, sod it. I'm going to go Tesco's, get them cloud water beers and two sours, and then I'm going to go. Anyway, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, so my beery highlights have been a little bit kind of unbeery, really. Um, I mentioned last week, um, this was last night, 
Uh, it was quite an enjoyable thing, really. Uh, Pete Brown, obviously author of many books and uh, guild writer, etc. Uh, he's, again, I guess, because he's not doing lots of... Um, I guess this time of year, there's a lot of book festivals normally, isn't there? Hey, book festival, etc. So he said he's going to have a book club. It was an idea he just kind of put on Twitter. So I think there's about 40-odd people, 49 people last night that joined in. It cost £3.50, and I think I said to you, Bruce, it's... Yeah, cost right. having a pint really isn't it and give me due he started at seven he i actually finished because i've got to get started get ready for work so he was still going on about 10 to 9 9 o'clock they were still in fair flow uh he did stop and he had to go for a pee and he said right i'm going for a pee i'm going to stop there but if you want to stay on and he did and give him his due he, he cracked on and talked like that uh and next week he's going to do a similar thing um three sheets in the wind which is where he looks at kind of the development of beer around the around the globe and I presume then he'll do the IPA one way. He took the IPA to India again. So, well, you know, if he, Wednesday afternoon, it's interesting. He's, you know, he is quite an articulate speaker. He's certainly got lots of um, stories to tell about beers and brewery. But actually, quite a lot of them was there was one or two quite, um, I'll say, characters who were, you know, happy to kind of chip along as well. I mean, I was, I was just mainly using the chat function and, and doing that, but there was a couple of lads there that were uh, happy to have a bit, they're both from the West Midlands, if I remember rightly, uh, who were, you know, great. So actually it developed into, there was a lad from the Ukraine who actually had a copy of this book in Russian or Ukrainian, which was uh, apparently there's only, Pete Brown never seen it. He'd never actually seen it. And apparently Carlsberg in Ukraine had printed off, printed off some special copies, only about 50. And this lad had worked for Carlsberg and somebody had given him this book yeah. and say it was that he was there said hey, i have the book that was great since so he took there was a guy from spain it was going it was really interesting actually so um I, i've got i to plug here look if you fancy it it's next week you can book on um, i think there's a there probably is a limit on how people do it i'd say i see me no problem last night um and if you has he got, has he got the date right this time I think he asked, yeah, 5th of May is next Wednesday. Did he, did he tell him we got his date wrong last yeah. time? Yeah. Uh, and then my other, other I had to, uh, so I, because I couldn't get any pubs, I ended up doing, as I suggested I would be doing, uh, with, again, uh, actually, with, with, with mate Simon and, and uh, Finlay, actually, we sat down and we did, he's, he's, he's nearly of age, uh, we sat down and did the Sheffield tasting box that... Drink was, at the age of five in your own house, you know. Yeah, that's well, it's fine then. Well, he's, he's in the garden. Uh, and we drank the uh, camera AGM weekend, um, and that was quite nice. Yeah, it was good. Some interesting beers. Kellam Island stood out. The Pale Rider, which I know has been a good beer, that that just stood out. Um, we did. We quite liked the uh, Abbeydale was a dark IPA, which is really a bit weird when you first drank it, but it kind of built on you. And that was a dark IPA. So it looked like a stout, but it was a dark IPA. It was quite interesting. So that was that was a bit of fun watching that. And I think we I think we ended up sitting there till about half eleven. I realised it was half eleven. And of course they couldn't get Sam and Sarah couldn't get a taxi to for hours. So it was we had a very late night, which I'm just about recovering <laughs> from now. B news, um, just quick two, two from me, then one from Bruce. Uh we've mentioned this before, really. Again, another thing that hit the headlines earlier this week was the rise of Shandy. And we've now got quite a few breweries. We mentioned quite a few breweries who are specialising, but all the brewing is alcohol-free uh, AF beers again. And apparently Shandy, so there's now a brewery called the Shandy Shack, there you go, that is specialising, as they're calling it here, hipster, the hipster drink of Shandy at 2.8%. And apparently, one of again, there's a big thing here that's rolling out from uh, probably from Bandamic, this idea of drinking low, low beers. This idea about maybe being in control, you know, we've, we hear quite a lot now about, uh, you know, people get get drunk, and that's often when we get issues with um, 
harassment, etc. So this is a good way of enjoying beers, enjoying company, but but not going bad. And we've certainly all enjoyed a shandy. I, but I still enjoy shandy every now and then in summer. Love a I mean, I was going to say two point eight. Actually, that's not that's not weak, is it? I mean, that's no. you know, a few years ago the breweries were, were bringing out light beers. Mm. Uh, a, a proper official shandy in a can is something like less than 0.5%. So mm. I suppose people have got to be careful with that. I bought some of that Bavaria that is, uh, it's, it's made, I think it's Holland, Bavaria shandy. I mean, it's been being made for years, but honestly, to be honest with you, compared to Morrison's own canned shandy, it doesn't taste as nice. Yeah. But, you know, that is, that's, that's less than 1%, I think. Whereas 2.8%, you know, somebody thinks, they're going to have half a can, half, half a dozen cans of that and be all right. They've got to be careful, really, in terms and what, of driving and stuff. What were them lemony ones that people started making? I can't remember the call now. You know what I'm on about? What them lemony lager things that people began? Well, you had, you had Rattler, didn't you? Rattlers, that's it. Rat, 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 rattlers, yeah. And they, they haven't really caught on. They're horrible. But I think a good but shandy. Maybe they, some they, good they, they were like lager and lime, weren't they? Lager yeah. and lime, lager with citrus in, but yeah. lemonade then, yeah. yeah. Ratliff, yeah. And then, Bruce, you picked this one up, uh, Yorkshire Post, yeah. this week. This, uh, a bit of a, yeah, bleak outlook for pubs with over 2,000, I presume these were in Yorkshire, like to remain closed. And pub hotspots in Yorkshire, bleak economic recovery after long lockdown with over 2,000 Yorkshire pubs forced to remain closed. And you, you, you listed quite a few there, didn't you? Which, like you say, were closed quite a lot, have been closed quite a while now. And you do worry the longer a pub is closed, the more likely it's not, not to return, isn't it? It's really quite shocking. That's that's like you think there's two thousand in the country. It'd be bad that two thousand in Yorkshire's, you know, yeah. astonishing, really, isn't it? And I mean, I must bit... be in Ilkley there last week, and there was only uh, uh, one place, one pub in the city centre there, not near, big pub near Lishman's. Uh, they had a beer garden. It was the only place you could get a drink, really. And yeah. uh, for these places where spaces are scarce, it's going to be a Especially if temperature remains like this, going to be bleak for isn't it, really. Yeah, but again, you know, everything again. There's the what was it? Hancock thing yesterday. We're on. Looks like we're on. We're on the right real road map. It's saying so. The steps are another eighteen days, and pubs should be able to open uh, inside. I, I'm still not quite sure how that's going to operate, and that'd be interesting to see. As Nick was suggesting, then if there are any of those stupid rules, I, I you know from what I understand, quite a lot of those stupid rules are going. So I presume it'll be table service only. Uh, I presume again, you won't be able to move around as much as you used to be able to do. I presume you probably won't be able to stand at the bar. I've, I've seen one or two pubs saying, no, we are letting you come and stand at the bar and order your drink. Yeah. So you see kind of how it works for me. And, and again... Well, what's, what's going to mean, the Hawkshead Beer Hall the other day, um, we were all sat outside. If you want to go to the loo, or if you want to uh, go in and order uh, carry-outs, takeaways, you can go in and stand at the bar. So mm. I walked back from the room, and there was a guy stood at the bar, and I thought, well, what's he doing? And then he was asking for beer, but he was taking it away. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, it doesn't really make sense, does it? No. And again, it's, um, I think just again, you know, the amount of work that these pubs are putting in and doing and spending lots and lots of money on one-way systems and, uh, you know, plastic screens and apps and, uh, hand I mean, even just think about, um, just think about those people that sell those bloody card machines, you know, for pay with. Mm. I bet they are rubbing their hands. It's probably oh, another, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Han uh, what's it not Nick Hancock? <laughs> you know, somebody's Tories mate, probably. Um, online online booking and online ticket. Yeah. And say it, it certainly seems that Weatherspoon's app is struggling because you know there weren't there wasn't anybody using it in Keswick today. And I said to the bloke, I said, Is it because it's your internet? He said, Oh, well, yeah. I said, Well, I'm not on yeah. your internet, I'm on my own internet, it's showing full bars, and yet the app is just still 
spinning yeah, and spinning funny, and spinning and spinning. Normally it's really good, but you're right. Yeah, you know, every cool. now and then you, you come to a place where it doesn't work. I remember last time we had struggling it. We had the hop actually we're gonna mention in a minute. The hop, remember we went outside the hop in York. Yeah. Uh, and again, I could yeah, say, yeah, I said, mate, yeah, I, said, I said, I've got a top of the range phone yeah. and I have no problem doing this. Yeah, you're, oh, and he kept saying, no, it's not your fault, your fault, your fault. I said, I don't think it's my fault. Mm. It's just not bloody working. Well, we right. walk, we we walked walk, off, walking, we? walking off, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're on the final part of York. So I've got some numbers there. I reckon in episode nine, part one, we talked about 22 pubs. In episode 12 last week, we talked about 16 pubs. <laughs> and I think there's another, God knows how many, uh, to talk about tonight as well. So I say, I think we're going to get well over the 40 mark. So we've done kind of, I've got a map of York up on the screen here. And I think we've kind of done most of the left-hand side, haven't we? And we've started to just come, if you like, from 12 o'clock round to about, we're going to, about two o'clock, are we going to finish up the circle out with Bruce from the other day That's and right, finish yeah. up that kind of warm gate area, Piccadilly, that kind of area of York, aren't we, in the shambles and those areas as well? So, kick us off then. Uh, it's a long time since I've been in this pub, but it's quite this is quite old worldly. So, your first choice this week is the Blue Bar in Castlegate. It is. Formerly used to be called the Little John, the Blue Bar. It's on ah, yeah. Uh, so, that's why. Remember the Little John? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so this again, uh, owned by a called Jason uh, Hawk and Jason Watkins. Now was a few pubs in York, but uh, it's really committed to Rail Hill. And this is uh, one of York's forgotten pubs, really. Uh, it's kind of been restored a little bit and renovated, but it's got a great feel to it. Uh, big range of Rail Hills on. Brilliant courtyard at the back. It's got seats out the front. It's open now. It's a small pub, but the seating, it's really atmospheric. It's got a cracking little courtyard out the back. The wash fairy lights, pizza oven. Uh, and if you look to avoid the crowds, this is a good choice, really. It's very central. Castle Gate's one of those little streets that, again, it's kind of York people know it, don't they? Because, like you say, it's yeah. normally a little bit quieter than the main. And we're just, and again, just for context, we're kind of we're all kind of just in between the main shopping street in York, which is Coney Street, and the Castle Museum and the and Clifford Tower, aren't we? We're in that little bit in between. At, you're literally at the back of the Arctic Viking Centre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're at the back of the Viking Centre. So yeah, well worth trip at uh, the Blue Bar, and I say one of the arts we've got on to avoid the crowds. Uh, top of the he always has a uh, landlord on there, Bruce. Only Taylor's. He has a Taylor's beers on there. It does, yeah. It's, uh, it, uh, I would definitely recommend a visit to the Blue Bar. I say it. Um, that's quite a strange history, but, but I say used to call the little jar and various things, uh, and um, even a lot of local people don't go to it. But yeah, definitely worth the trip, especially if you're on a here mad weekend to avoid the. Crowd. Yeah, but downstairs guess... the basement, don't they? You have a downstairs in the basement. You almost you do, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's, it's well worth it. It's a pleasant, pleasant pub, Blue Bar, yeah. Okay, and then you're around the corner there then into a bit of a more a mainstream pub, aren't you? that's kind of a bit more on one of the more busier roads in York, uh, the Three Tons, which we used to yeah, go to quite a lot with William, didn't we? So, uh, Coppergate, again, this is to the front of the York, Viking Centre, if you like, really, uh, on the side of Coppergate. Uh, arguably, now, the old starring claims to be York's uh, mm. oldest pub, a lot, of, a lot of debate, a lot of people think actually the Three Tons is the, is the oldest uh, uh, pub. Uh, it's a big, long, narrow, one-room pub now. Uh, again, uh, it's had a few rough years of Three Tons, it's fair to say. But it's in the same ownership as the Blue, because the Blue Bar now. And again, a large range of rail hills. Real bit of history in there. Uh, lots of history spread on the walls. And again, a one to go if you look to avoid the uh, sort of crowds, really. Because uh, Coppergate's a bit of a street that links the two places. Sadly, uh, more than its fair share of empty shops up Coppergate now. 
Um, there used to be a famous carvery restaurant to the left of the Three Tons. It was a fixture for day trippers. Uh, that's even that's closed down now. So the Three Tons um, it possibly get the pasta trade it deserves. I'll be outside the Viking Centre, but so definitely worth looking to avoid the crowds. And again, uh, decent food at uh, sort of working class prices, well, really, and a large selection of uh, real ales. Uh, used to be a Mansfield pub that one. Yeah, it is when I used to go in there. Mansfield Ridings and Mansfield. What was the other one they used to do? Yeah. Yeah, thank goodness it's a free house now, isn't and it? It's a, it's a cracking building. I mean, it's one of those, like you say, wonky built medieval building. You can see that yeah. it's had bits put onto it. Now, again, we used to go in there a lot when we we were a little bit younger, and then it went through a bit of like you say, but a mad stage. It was kind of one of those on the mad and the mad kind of yeah. sluggard lettuce, then probably went to three tons. And um, I know we've been there a couple of times when it was a bit rowdy on a Saturday afternoon when it was kind of on the tour that you did around York and Absolutely. you know, had a had whatever you had a bottle of lager in each one. Um and then from there, you are there moving uh, down about, about 100 yeah. meters yeah. downhill to the pavement vaults. So, the pavement vaults is, uh, on the face of it, it doesn't look a particularly great uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. uh, This was a hotel that was uh, famously was York's uh, de- longest standing derelict building. This was uh, the old Black Swan Hotel. Uh, it used to have a fish and chip shop at the bottom. And there was a massive dispute with the family. And I think the building made empty for about 30, 35 years or something, didn't there? And then eventually there was some resolution with the family. Um, the only thing that was there for years was Jessup's camera shop and the payment vaults now is. Uh, but eventually, I say, the, uh, the wrangle over the inheritance was settled. Uh, and whilst uh, most of those um, buildings above, uh, they're now actually city centre flats, I believe. I say, you can't believe that right. in the, yeah. the central York, this was empty and really derelict, you know, for 30 years. So um, uh, the guys from uh, Pivney, uh, they came along there. Um, again, they have close to Thornbridge. They start the payment vaults. And it's really, really nice now. Uh, it's a uh, one-level bar, um, huge range of uh, beers, um, fantastic American uh, pit barbecue uh, food, real high-standard barbecue food as well there. Um, no outdoor seating, but when you go downstairs, they've got some fantastic uh, little booths. Uh, you can get one of those. It's absolutely great. I say the only things will be ruined now is the fact they've got absolutely no outdoor seating. Outdoor space, yeah. uh, those windows that you can see there, they all open uh, inwards, so you can kind of be sat inside yet to have the fresh air there. But obviously, people come very close. You've got to say, uh, if you're into ribs and uh, things like that, ribs, wings, uh, fantastic barbecue food. But I say more than welcome just for a drink and a huge range of uh, rare ales, as indeed all the you know, Pivney guys yeah. always do, yeah. Uh, and again, it's another area. I'm just thinking again, we're going to cover quite a few pubs within about what I don't know, 100 yards of this pub. So you're on the crossroads. You, 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 right, yeah. Bruce is almost standing on the corner of Marks and Spencer's there, which again, if you know York, you'll know where it's a huge Marks and Spencer's. Um, and there must be, God knows, eight, nine, ten pubs. Probably if you rotate round, oh yeah, just in this area here, isn't there? There is literally loads and loads. And again, uh, in in the distance there, on, if you're on YouTube, there is the, the red and white building, kind of where all the roadworks are, uh, and that's Russell's, which is a again quite a famous restaurant. It's a, I think it must be one of the first ever carvery restaurants, probably in the country. Close now, sadly. I know. And in in that window there, there used to be a huge great side of beef, didn't they? And we never yeah. went in there. We just used to look through the window and slaver on the window as right, people were was, yeah. queuing up as some chef was. I mean, literally, it was half a cow that they were carving up yeah. there, which is all good. Very so very I think you're now going to turn left, bro, or from where you're standing now in the corner of uh, whatever that 
bit of, is it pavement there where we are? Yeah, you're going to turn, oh, no, you're not. You're going to go in, in yeah. behind Marks and Spencers. And uh, we mentioned this pub brief last week because while well, Bruce was, was in Valhalla uh, blowing his horn and drinking out of his drinking horn uh, or in the uh, in Pivney, uh, me and Nick would have stuck into the Thornbridge uh, market cat, wouldn't we, Nick? So the market cat, Bruce, uh, this is quite a newish pub, isn't it, in New York? It is. I mean, it's a pretty, I mean, it looks a very, you know, inauspicious, quite unappealing pub on the outside. But uh, it's absolute gem inside. Again, run by the guys from Pivney. I think uh, run 50-50 in conjunction with Thornbridge. This one, Thornbridge actually uh, are 50 cent business people. So got a huge range of Thornbridge beers. Uh, all the Pivney range, uh, the Bernard, lots of interesting uh, craft beers there. Uh, Downstairs, He's always full. Downstairs is always rammed. And then so, that, as we look go, down there, all those fantastic booths you can get there. They spent a fortune yeah. on this great booth, leather seating, great seats in the corner. Uh, up on the first floor there, again, you've got uh, booth, booth, booth seating, haven't you? Uh, yeah. And those uh, windows open out fully indoors. So again, and remember, we can't see it, but you're over actually looking at the market. You're looking at the Hang on, well, I've got you the picture. So those on YouTube, ah, well done, this yeah. is why this is why you've got to go up, if possible, to the top way. floor, which is a, hell, a, bit of a bit of a climb. Yeah, if you're not too uh, drunk, because the, yeah. it's a very narrow stack staircase. I've always wondered how they get away with the fire regulation, because it's the only way up and down there. And it's a very narrow, steep staircase. But even, even that's interesting, because they've used all barrel stairs on the wall. Yeah. Uh, as a bit of interior decoration as you're walking up the staircase. You, some people don't notice, but if you look closely, you realise that they're the old barrel stairs that they've sort of put on the wall sort of artistically. And you get this fantastic view over York Market, which is still a cracking outdoor market, proper old-fashioned market. And from the other window, get... gosh, you've got that stunning view of the uh, Minster. Minster, yeah. And now I, I, well, I, I looked for that, but I thought this one's nice because you get all the pantiles. Yeah. I mean, mentioned that York's a very low-lying city. There's, the, the Minster is the only big building in York. Um, apart from those posh hotels that Bruce wants to go and drink cocktails on a Japanese fusion cocktail. Um, but apart from that, it's all these kind of two, three-storey pantels. So well worth the climb up the stairs, really. In fact, I think last time, well, not, not last time we was in there, we've been there before, but I remember Nick, me and you, we took our Australian mates there, didn't we? And that view, they were just blown away by, um, you know, the, looking at houses there that were built three, or five, three to 500 years before Australia was even thought about. So that's what blew their minds a bit, which is Bagrin, really, when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah. And they're, they're very um, proud of their pizzas, aren't they, here? Because they have a big pop of pizza oven, don't they, in there? Yeah, they're very good pizzas. Was that a legacy? Did it, was it, was it a pizza place before it no, became no, a pub? No, no, it was. It was uh, it was it was a pawnbroker's. It's been a shoe shop, right. um, clothes shop. I used to buy my student yeah. clothes and their tight dye t shirts and denim <laughs> jackets and stuff. I mean, fantastic! They've done this because it would have been an ugly, empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic yeah. boozer there now. So, say yeah. fair, fair game for him. Yeah. So fantastic. So again, and we're still in that same kind of area in kind of, again, either side of Martin Spencer's. So we're back onto, this is pavement. This is, this is kind of the, like where I what I would say is the uh, food hall part of Martin Spencer's. When you come out of there, you're exactly. into here, you're near the shambles. And this is the Golden Fleece Bruce, which again is another, must be another one of York's oldest pubs, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. It's incredible, about the third oldest pub. And um, the one that makes the biggest fuss about all its ghosts as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, most haunted pub, isn't it, in York? They keep well, the claim. It claims to be the most haunted pub. Uh, I think when the actor Ghost Hunter Man used to be on TV, is it Derek Ankara? He had a visit yeah. there and said it was incredibly uh, haunted. Um, and actually, to be fair, um, it's actually the back room is really atmospheric when it's full of people. Yeah. So we don't mm. tend to go to too often now, and it's one of the you forget about it really. It's got a little room at the front that's quite uh, atmospheric, a long narrow corridor, and a, and a 
a, a large but cosy room at the very back. There's lots of live music there. They have a real fire in there, don't they? And it does have a really good vibe. There's lots of live music there. It's always a bit gothy when I've been in recently. It's all those people who come up from Whitby for the day and go to the go. I think because it's so haunted, it kind of tracks people with dark lipstick on and, and things, piercings all over well, bodies. And... Also, people like soup, because do you remember the marketing soup. by the Adbrooks? If you went in there and had a main course, if you said you'd seen the ghost, you got a free stoop to start. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually, they actually have that all over the blackboards. Say you've seen the ghost, you get a free superstarter. So. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Pizza Bruce has got the actually building next door. It's probably even older, isn't it? Because that's a proper old medieval uh, kind of worn and double, whatever you want to say. Uh, in fact, the Golden Fleece looks like a bit of an infill, doesn't it, really? That was kind of well, it looks it's still the, old. That, that's the whiskey and gin shop now, isn't it, Bruce? Yeah. It was John's the bootmaker, and now it's the York gin shop. And the, what's the name of that? I've forgotten, temporarily forgotten. The, what's the name of the alley that goes between that building and Pizza? It's got, it's got a really unusual name, hasn't it? It's, uh, I've forgotten it. Yeah, one of, yeah. Alley to know, but yeah. You are quite close. Whitmer Watmergate is across the road from this, aren't you? Which is another mm-hmm. York famous street. And then was it, wasn't there one of those pie places down here many moons ago? One of what? Wasn't there a little pie place, a pie shop, you know, a pie restaurant here? I'm well, sure there was. It's Greg's there, you can see. No, not Greg's. <laughs> no, no you know, like the one in Lincoln. There was one in York. I'm sure it was. It was on this street. I don't know when it was. Maybe it was a bit further yeah, up. Bring a distant bell with me. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, this is the same street, is it, Bruce? Still, and then bit no, no, down. we're up at, we're up at Goodham Gate now. So if oh, you yeah. should have gone up the shambles. We'll return to shambles uh, soon, and uh, we'll be at uh, Goodrum Gate, which. Um, Kind of um, heading towards a monk bar uh, part of the walls here. Uh, a, a collection of pubs. Uh, I mean, along Grudham Gate, you've got the, the you've got the Golden Lion, uh, you've got the Swan, uh, you've got the Snickleway, the Golden Slipper, the Royal Oak, and the Cross Keys, and also one this had bar called Keystones, which would visit for our purpose today. So again, uh, seven another seven pubs there. Also the Habit that makes it eight, doesn't it? Um, eight, eight pubs Bonkers. in one small street. Uh, so the Golden Slipper, again, quite historic, this one. Uh, famously an old building and used to be uh, an undertaker's, the Golden Slipper. A cosy pub, uh, feels very much like a local's pub, but a real authentic pub feel. It's got uh, three rooms to it, an old corridor, um, and famously has a hatch from the, the uh, salon there to the back where they used to feed the coffins from like the Undertaker's parlour to the back where they've all been laid out. That's still there. As a fire in winter though, and again, um, just thinking about this other day, really, I remember Alexis Sale once made a joke that it was easier to find a, a Eccles cake in London than a... It's easier to find crack cocaine in London than Eccles cake, rather. Um, and York's getting a bit like that, really. Uh, you can get everything sometimes, it appears, back from proper English pub food. But the Golden Slipper is one of those places where you can go in uh, for seven or eight pounds, get a really decent meal, you know, sort of cottage pie, liver and onion, sausage and mash, pies, that type of thing, really. Real good prices, you know, proper home-cooked food, you know, uh, not stiff a microwave in sight uh, and I'd say a choice of real ale so definitely worth a trip the golden slipper and I think on next slide you can no, go for the next I'm going to say next door next, there's a pub actually next door in there it is yeah which should be our next slide <laughs> which is, I'll, I'm going to come back to that in a minute right we're there the Royal Oak no, it's a Royal Oak directly next door and Royal Oak's a, lo- a lovely pub as it probably became 17th century in. bit controversial this though because the Royal Oak was always a very uh, homely pub um, and again did cracking real ale food had roaring fires um, and then a few years ago, had some money spent on it. Um, so again, uh, it's got a slightly more modern feel inside. Committed though to Rail Ale. Uh, really good food, you have to say. Favourite room, still the one at the back on the left-hand side. But um, 
almost, I think it lost a little something when they renovated it, really. It did have a quite a nice uh, age feel to it, didn't it, Nick? Have you been in since it's been uh, done up? No, no. Yeah. It's nice, it's comfortable, but it kind of lost a little something when it was done up, really. Uh, but mm. I say the food is good, the oil's good, so I say, but still worth a visit. No. Again, when you're in Central York, remember, York, like everywhere now, sadly inundated with uh, chain restaurants and, uh, and lots of Nicholson's pubs. But again, these guys are in great food at a great price as well. Um, and uh, even on the evening, getting a proper, uh, real good dinner in here. And again, it won't break the band. Yeah, I'm afraid to admit, Bruce, if I'm, if I'm down that part of York and I'm, I'm a drink, I normally go in the swan because it's Nicholson's. I normally get either money off or, yeah. especially when the rugby's yeah. been on, get me free pints of Guinness. And, you walk into the Swan, obviously you've got that massive great Ignal Look fireplace to the right-hand side, so you can get sat in front of the fire, watching everything going on. So yeah, the... that's Forget. where I would normally go. I mean, that Nicholas. Last time we were down here, Bruce, this is when they used the, um, again, I think it was a, uh, a deal with York uh, Council, in that these pubs would all be able to get together right. and use the Minster Yard, which is kind of back of York Minster. There's a quite a nice open green yeah. space, haven't they? And We've just put the put tables up today. They've just... All right. So, so it's a great probably, place to drink. It's great because you can go to any any of these pubs, get a drink, and then take it back and sit in Minster Yard, which is really nice. Uh, I, again, it was busy. I mean, we were there. There was well, every table we we were lucky. Just we got a little table to ourselves, but it was pretty pretty busy. So it was. And then well, they were talking about were they talking about using the Minster School playing field as well, bros? Because the Minster School's closed. Sorry, someone's uh, someone signed a deal for it. It's going to be uh, a, a high end uh, high end coffee shop. There are. Rumours that uh, Betty's and Taylor's have uh, they're going to handle it. I um, mean, they're not averse right. to having lots of places, lots of concentrated um, units in one place. If you go to Harrogate, for example, you've got you're in the town centre, then they, they operate all the cage routes at Harlow Car. And of course, it would be a fantastic setting, wouldn't it? And quite, yeah. and of course, interestingly, of course, they've uh, the little Betty's Cafe on Stonegate next to the House of Tembley Madness, they've announced the closing, the smaller one. So you think, well, that was quite successful. So to me, it leads credence to the rumour that they've actually now. They're going to reopen the old Minster School as a sit-down uh, coffee shop, keep the shop on Little Stonegate, and the next bet is, is actually going to be uh, in the grounds of the Minster there. So I think that could possibly well have legs to it, that room, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, if you were coming out away from the Royal Oak Park... Oh, you've, you've got a weird way, Bruce. You must have a few beers when you started driving up, riding around here on your bike. Well, okay, yeah, I think so. I think it's so hard to do it all fluently. That's why I missed the few out. So, but having said that, if you were if you came out the Golden Slipper and looked right in front of you, you'd see uh, like an alleyway. Um, that was Bedden, um, which was the site of, you know, slums um, at one point now. Uh, Bedden Hall's in there where the Guild and Freemason people are busy. But Bedden actually, a very small street that actually housed something like 1,800 uh, uh, Irish migrant workers who all came to uh, work on the construction of the railways. Uh, legendary, legendary tales of what went on down there. Not a sign left of any of the uh, tenements remaining, um, sadly now. But uh, the rumour was that they'd all come back from drinking on the railways. And they either lived in Bedden or in um, uh, Warmgate. And uh, there were literally um, drink fuel rights every night. Uh, the rights would get out of control. Uh, the police had come down, absolutely have no effect on them, the police. So the police had called uh, the police had called for the priests, and the priests would have to restore order every night. Uh, but, uh, so Bedden Alley is down there, and you can actually walk down there, Bedden, from uh, Goodrum Gate, outside the Golden Slipper Royal Oak, coming in a straight line, and you'll then come down to P-Zone Green, and you'd be confronted by the rather magnificent uh, Black Swan, uh, one of York's uh, finest uh, pubs, of course, uh, 16th century, uh, and really probably 
the arguably the finest pub room in York. If you go through there, take the second on your left. Stunning uh, ancient fireplace there with a large range, stone flag floors, and um, now doing uh, pretty good food, uh, industrial portions of home cooked food. But for all that, because it's location, it's never actually that busy, is it? No. Somehow, never it, quite generates the atmosphere it deserves uh, either, does it? It always had its reputation for its folk music, and it was always on the real ill trail going back 30 years when there weren't that many pubs in well, York you, that the, were promoting real ale. The but Brown I, I Cow was... Was it always a Thickston's in there, Bruce? Was it Thickston's in... in, yeah. in yeah. Still a free house. I, mean, I remember because the Brown Cow was, well, was across the road. Well, not, not, not across the road, but a bit further up, wasn't it? So as you went back into York, we'd often go back in here when we'd be in the Brown Cow. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's well, I mean, like you said, they have the folk clubs, I think, twice a week now. Uh, but on a dark night, you have to say, I mean, I think if you were an American, for example, doing your own trip to Europe, and you wanted a, a real uh, experience of being in the British public, to go to that, uh, the room as you go on the uh, second on your left, this huge fireplace, the glow of the fire, it is a fantastic room. Really, we probably arguably don't go to it enough, do we, really, especially in winter? I mean, it's just, just out of the way, isn't it? And I presume it was an, and looks like it was a coaching game, wasn't it? And it's it's been a little bit kind of left stranded by the kind of inner inner ring road, hasn't it? And the roads that That's the kind trouble. of take, and it's kind of just outside the walls as well. Um, I it's this is one of the few pubs that's probably still got last time I was there, still got a pool table in it, hasn't it? And no, not anymore. I don't believe they got rid of it now because yeah. that's again another reason why we used to go in there because one of the few pubs that actually had a pool table. Okay, anyway, it looks very nice in York when you were doing these, Bruce. Although, again, I presume that one's shut, is it? Or the Ah, uh, yeah, because I think yeah. a lot of, as you can see, a lot of space around it that it had. There's some big new glassy oh, right buildings. Right behind it, that's the Moxie Hotel. I mean, that's the yeah. Marriott Moxie. Then direct to the right hand side of it, you've got the uh, huge Hiscox Insurance building. Yeah, rather, so rather strangely, if you do go to the Black Swan and just go to your right, there's a big office block uh, for Hiscox yeah. Insurance. But if you go and have a peer through the window, they've actually got a, a rocket that goes from the first floor to the top of the building. <laughs> An entire rocket. It's absolutely insane. Uh, so well worth the glass. <laughs> right, and now, and now we're diving straight back into York again. <laughs> yeah, so we'd go. Then I would walk back towards up pavement towards Stonebow, uh, and back uh, to the end of the shambles. So to get the end of the shambles. Uh, oh no, let's just I'm gonna go back up because I was I had this little. We, we're gonna make we're gonna come back to shambles. Okay. No, we are. But we, we mentioned the shambles. I think last time we were talking about it, um, and I was trying to find a picture. And they don't really do it justice. Um, and we did talk about how these are. It's a fantastic street. It's the old Butcher Street in York. And many of these things have still got the old butcher's hooks hanging out, isn't it? And of course, the idea is that these are medieval houses, so that as they each each floor sticks further and further out, so that literally, I mean, I've done, this is probably the bit, and it, it literally in the close in the bits where they really hang together, which is towards the middle, you can reach out and shake hands across the the gap, really, don't they? Um, and as I say, often this is full of uh, things, but you can see the Harry Potter why it's diagonally. Uh, in Harry Potter thinking, and there's, there's a lot of one jobs. Um, and there were probably more pubs that there are now. I think there's only about one or two, isn't there? And obviously, Pivney and Valhalla are just off here and, and Market Tap as well. And then I, I we can't go without remembering, reminding people that, of course, the show's called Malt Travail, and Malton has its own mini <laughs> little shambles, not quite as picturesque as the uh, the York one, but similar kind of thing. This was the butchers, used to be the old butchers row. Uh, when Malton was a bit more of a thriving, I don't, well, it still is a thriving town, but when it was much more, you know, where people didn't shop in Tesco's, uh, it's now very much kind of antiques, uh, focus, uh, cobbler, um, and famously, um, 
uh, a cashmere wool shop or a cashmere sock shop. <laughs> no, she's gone, gone. No, she, she, not there right. anymore. Yeah. Oh, right. Selena's gone. Selena's gone. Stopped, gone, yeah. gone it was a mum, wasn't it? It, never, it, it was never her, really. It was always a mum at the shop anyway, at the bottom end. She's, um, still living, she's a big advocate for Malton, though. Is she still living in Malton, Nick? She, she was, Bruce, but she's gone quiet. So whether there's been a... No, no, she's on. She's on quite a few. Be. She's on quite a few. She was on. I tell you what, she was on. Right. She was on. There was a walks program that I watched not so long ago, and she, and she was walking not a million miles away. Uh, and this, this obviously backs on to the um, marketplace where we mentioned the spotted cow and the golden lion. Actually, that that isn't that door there on the left there. Isn't that the old back back door to the golden lion? Uh, uh, which again is a very another yeah, pub that sadly has been that. shut. Yeah, remember the back that back door there. Anyway, there we go. So that's a shamble. So we're going to come up there. Anyway, we're in York. I, this is another cracking street, isn't it? This street here is another little gem in York. Again, slightly off the kind of tourist trade, get a lot more locals down here. Uh, and even in that picture, you can see at least two pubs, and there's one across the road there is, isn't yeah. there already. So this is the famous Blue Bell Bruce, which again, it's a pub you probably can't miss in York. No, no, I mean, this is it. I mean, um, probably. That's if you can get in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if the landlord lets you in. Yeah, I won't let you in. It's not in a group. You're not misbehaving. Uh, probably York's finest pub, you could argue, couldn't you, really? It's a perfectly uh, preserved Edwardian pub, really. And that's about it, really. Sadly, about 20 years ago, the uh, window, uh, which you see, uh, was put through. Uh, so the original window uh, was collecting away. We couldn't see inside. That's gone now. So somebody put up a stone through on Christmas Eve. But when you go inside, it's two very small rooms, uh, a tiny corridor, uh, fires in each room. Uh, as you go in through that door there, turn left, uh, probably my favourite pub room anyway. You're right on the bars, right on top of you. you know, you've got the bottles and glasses there. You're literally on top of the fire. Probably seats about 10 and standing for five. Mm. Absolutely uh, fantastic. Again, if you were an alien land and you wanted to go to a room in any one pub anywhere, Blue Bell's unbeatable. And again, yeah. if you can, Bruce, get there early. Get there just after opening in the morning, exactly. you know, half 11, quarter 12. You get a nice little seat in there. Uh, and again, although there's a couple of regulars, you normally you don't get, you know, you might get somebody moaning at you because you're sat in their corner, but uh, yeah. early doors should be all right, wouldn't you? I'm sorry, no, no children, uh, no groups, uh, no swearing. Uh, don't think football. So it's it. famous because on the door, there's often, certainly on an evening, there'll be a note saying, uh, private party, no entry. Uh, and that basically is just to kind of keep uh, the stag do's and the hen do's from going in there. So yeah. you, you, you uh, just yeah. ignore that. Just ignore that sign. Uh, well, sadly, that, that was our legendary landlord, Jim Hardy. Jim sadly passed away about ooh, two two years ago, I believe. Uh, and Jim had it for years. Um, that sign's still there, Bruce, because last time me and Nick went, the sign was oh, on the right. door. The, that the was a Saturday airport, afternoon. If I have the, stopped doing that because... The sign's there now. I can see it now that says it. The, the new <laughs> landlord was... Um, ah, it says no groups, but he used to put a, this thing saying private party. And, of course, it was a great feeling when you were a local. <laughs> you could go in there and you uh, knew, though, really, was it a private party? And, of course, if you had friends visiting you, you could take them to the pub. They'd be like, can't go in there. It's a private party. But like... All of me, and then what's great, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't get that because me and it, me and it's still sorry, we're not going to go in because all you had to do is put a guy on the door that said, oh, we're full at the moment, sorry, all right, did you go? But anyway, well, I, I, I mean, Jim was a quiet man, but it was a character. I mean, you know, he, he famously fell out with the local camera branch, um, and branded them all uh, weirdy beardies, which uh, went down <laughs> a storm, as you could imagine. Uh, the new landlords uh, rebuilt branch with it, but he did tons of stuff for charity, uh, and I say, sadly, uh, it looks like they've just kept. Do, do you remember, Bruce, before Jim had it, or maybe while he still had it, there was an old woman that used to be working behind the bar in there. She used to sit behind a curtain. 
I mean, I, the bar's Mrs. very small anyway. Well, Mrs. And Robinson, it, that was, wasn't it? That, but, well, it, was, I mean, it? It was literally a chair behind a shower yeah. curtain. And you used to walk in and you didn't yeah. think there was going to be behind in the bar. Then she used to pull the curtain back and she was sat there. I know. I only went twice, but it was stunning then, wasn't it, really? Yeah. yeah, and I, and I presume now all they've done there, Bruce, is just empty the pub, put it on the pavement, and they're getting yeah, away yeah. with uh, people. Other I, reason, I, if you can see what's on YouTube, is it even outside? It's even got a little uh, uh, see-through container with pot pies to sell. I can see that there. <laughs> it's there on the pic, on your picture, and I presume the Fosgate tap then is not open because they've nicked all that pavement outside the Fosgate tap as well, haven't they? By looks of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it used to be suited. Yeah, there. So it, it is a great little pub, it, and I say certainly the, if you're there in the midweek or you're there early on a, at a weekend, it's worth popping in but i think nick me and you probably would probably prefer to go across literally across which is straight across the street on the other side of the street uh which is the hop which is and it was an italian restaurant so it has got a fantastic pizza oven it's quite surreal isn't it really you went some kind of trattoria in the deepest rome or somewhere uh right. but it's a cracking um and uh, this is osset isn't it this is an osset pub isn't it, it is, yeah oh yeah it's one there yeah it's uh, probably fellini's italian see- restaurant it was then uh, before that, it was a very famous butcher's uh, shop for uh, years. And uh, you can see elements of both when you're going now, can't you? have got the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've actually gone back. I mean, it must have cost us a fortune on this because you can see the original butcher's tiling. Uh, that's Ceramic the, tiles, yeah. Uh, but I say, what they've done, it's fantastic. It's a big space as well, this. Uh, narrow on the yeah. front, seats in there, uh, some little tables for two. Then a huge area at the back uh, with bench seating. Uh, and uh, again, really uh, good uh, pizza as well. Well, that's uh, that's why I like it because I reckon anytime I've ever gone in there, I've always managed to get a seat. And yeah. I, when I watch people walk past, I think the frontage doesn't do it justice. No, no you're I think right. People yeah. look at it There's and they don't really back. think it's they don't think it's a real pub, and no. especially that sign above the door there as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look traditional. It looks like, like uh, a, you know, a Beatles a album, isn't music it? Comedy. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's. What it's got going for it, you can go in there, you can always get a seat. So, yeah, if once again, if I'm York on my own, I will <laughs> go there first because I love getting a seat in one of the windows there, watch the world go by, enjoy the beers in there as well. Uh, but even taking my mum and, and Miller half in there, you know, we've always managed to get a seat. And like you say, you've got that bonus of uh, freshly cooked wood fired pizzas in the back there yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, it is actually incredible. A, a, a minute for that, that, that we, I think we've already put a picture on here and I'm on the podcast. I mean, Nick I was sat in that window where there's two guys there uh, outside that small window, right inside the nice little table, isn't it? Nick? A little yeah. table for and two cheap, there. Cheap beers. Uh, I mean, good, I, I all the, yeah, all the Osset beers. And then normally have quite a lot of ciders as well, don't we? A few, quite a few real ciders yeah. and some kegs as well. Well, once again, as I like, as you walk in the door, the right hand, left hand side there, you can just see to the window, big yeah, blackboard big on the black wall. Board. Yeah. See what beers they've got on, how much you're paying as well. Yeah. And I've mentioned this before. I like that when I can say what the range of beers is. Even if the bar's busy, you know what you're asking for when you get to the bar. You're not standing there 10 minutes making a decision, which really annoys me when people have been yeah. sitting at the bar for 10 minutes and then they're asked, what do you want, mate? And they spend another 10 minutes deciding what they want. So I say that blackboard's there, prices, ABVs, what beers they've got on. Yeah, I uh, say my, my favourite pub in York, I would say, in, in, the, yeah. in the city centre, definitely. So, uh, again, I think we're now going to... Oh, no, that's just Bruce giving us a little picture just down that street there, Fosgate, which is lovely. And as Bruce said before, there's a nice picture of the Minster. And it is quite a, a collective um, street, Fosgate, isn't it? It's quite... Lots, yeah, well, and they're all independent little shops and restaurants and uh, boutiques and places, um, all very nice. So I think we're just having a change of beers now. So Nick's now moving on to the Hawks and Red by the side of that side of it. 
uh, and I've moved on to a, a yeasty boys big mouth session. I've got to say that salt that salt beer was very nice actually. I yeah. definitely have that again. I, I, very yeah. pintable as well. I could be drinking that on cast definitely. Really you nice. don't you don't. Well, I can say I haven't seen it much on cast, but I know when I've tried it, it has been a nice beer. So I couldn't decide, Bruce, whether this, this was a um, a historical link to the Merchants Hall or we're back onto a food trail again. No, this, we've was, already, this was food related. We've, do, we've done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday tea for Bruce at those various pubs with, <laughs> with fine English fare. So this is when he has to kind of take something home to cook with. So the hairy fig, which is a bit further down from the hop and the bluebell, isn't it? Uh, next yeah. to the very, very famous Merchants Hall, which is, uh, uh, again, one of the old kind of fashioned... Um, medieval guilds um, where the shop merchants would have their little meetings and food and things, which is again often there's some very posh banquets and then things. And then the hairy fig, which just sell beer, doesn't it? As well as a range of other things, it does. We've given it mention though, uh, because hey, it sounds quite nice. They, they've got the alleyway next to Merchants Hall there. Merchants Hall, of course, actually built on the proceeds of uh, spices being brought in. Uh, spices, uh, Price per gram was higher than gold. Thank you, Granny. Bye. That's Granny going. <laughs> so it's, uh, um, uh, it's so that's, uh, really. uh, but Harry Fig gets it worth a mention because probably the second finest pot pies in Yorkshire, the city centre. <laughs> they actually come from a village called Bubworth uh, Pies in the Harry Fig, I believe. Uh, but yeah, absolutely cracking. Do sell out early though, but they're a fantastic, fantastic pot pie. Uh, everything about them, they're packed full of top quality. Great crust, uh, definitely worth looking at. Loads of other fine local produce as well there. And I say just down from the hop, just down from the bluebell. Um, so definitely worth a visit while you. And, this, and as you see there, I think next door in the kiosk, there's a lot of that little kind of barrister kind of bars here, aren't they? And actually, quite a few do beers as well. They do beer and, and coffee, don't they? Kind of that kind of yeah. combination. Um, and then a little bit further down that road, which again tucked away, really, you'll probably miss it. And it's a quite a nondescript building, really, isn't it? Isn't it? For, it for is, the yeah. greatness that is Brew York has brewed into is Brew York, which uh, again is uh, their beer hall is here, which again is a uh, um, again quite a weird building, really, isn't it? With lots of different bits and uh, quite a large outdoor area. So I presume they're doing quite good business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here is this term as well. Is, do they brew here as well? Is, is, or do they brew elsewhere? Or is it, no, they're the, all... the brewing here, uh, but obviously um, because it's uh, becoming, uh, I think it's one of your, uh, one of Britain's fastest growing uh, mm. beer brands now, Brew York. Uh, they've also got new out-of-town premises, oh, yeah, Osbaldwick yeah. as well, yeah. uh, where they're going to brew hundreds of, well, hundreds of thousands more pints every uh, year as well. Um, but so this is the beer hall, still brewing here for the time being, but moving everything to Osbaldwick and ramping up, ex, ex, um, ramping up, uh, production massively would have been all be surprised if they start buying a, a couple of pubs as well they've got one in pocket mm. as well now you know mm. the uh pocket and tap that's owned by brew york but yeah astonishing if you like beer this is a some place really you've got this uh vast um well that to be fair they've got um with the shadow of the uh the vessels downstairs there's places to sit and drink the traditional bar uh with about eight or nine hand pump beers on but then you go upstairs and you're met by loads of bench seating an open plan kitchen who do really good food and then a bar and above it there are, i think there's six huge tv screens displaying uh, an ever-changing array of uh, wild and wonderful beers that uh, loads are of course uh, creations of brew york uh, yeah. some great uh, plays on names isn't there really uh, yeah they're all kind of named after hollywood stars and things aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like tw like twist on it uh, uh, i mean it's kind of it's kind of nightclub versus meets beer hall meets don't know canteen isn't it it's quite it's it is, yeah. quite eclectic the kind of feel but it's like going, where you go in it's like going in a nightclub it's dingy horrible it's probably the worst entrance to any beer place in york 
because it is just like a dodgy nightclub. But like you say, it opens out and you've got the upstairs. And uh, I said to the left there, there's a massive seating area, isn't there, under cover? Oh, huge, huge, yeah. Yeah. And of course, you've also got a very little ter- small terrace now that goes yeah. onto the uh, River Foss, so it looks onto Roundtree Wharf. The back uh, there. That's yeah. really quite lovely. But yeah, I think there's about, uh, I believe there's about never less than four dozen beers available on draft, is that, I believe? Yeah, pretty good. Four dozen. Yeah. Hey, by the beard, by the third, the two thirds are the pint as well, don't you? Really? Yeah, and I'm actually saying massive rage. And obviously, they also do all their canned and uh, there's many canned, they do many bottles of the uh, and, and there's some wild and wonderful, wacky things that you could drink. <laughs> yeah. It always is. Uh, and then you're heading back up that street, you've got on the corner there, is it the old red line or just the red line these days? Yeah, it's actually the old red line, but the real red line merchant gate, yeah, again, old building. Full nooks and crannies. Again, probably don't get often enough, really. Uh, but at the moment, it's got a large outdoor seating area, little pods, and well worth a visit. I'm just saying there, happy hour, Monday to Friday, all cast scales, £3.50 by the looks of it. Not bad, that, is it? Not bad that is it. And yeah. they've got this but, nice area on the side here, Bruce, haven't they? That, yeah. Absolutely. And you can see the outdoor More software. of a local's pub, that one, I reckon, Bruce. Yeah, though. I mean, remember, there's two new hotels up down Piccadilly yeah, now. Yeah, and just, premier, yeah. And uh, so people looking on YouTube, you can see uh, York's controversial York Spark building behind it. Um, obviously, the first one popped up in London, then we've got Stack in Newcastle, um, and then we've got uh, uh, these places where the shipping containers put together, little pavements, pathing, drainage toilets, and let out as individual units. And uh, the York Spark one, that being that much controversy, uh, much tidier now. It was initially just a mishmash of shipping containers, uh, but, you know, the launch pad for lots of little businesses. It's kind of served its purpose. You've got an extension. I think Pivney have a small unit in there. Loads of little bars. And really, if you were a, a craft beer producer looking to get some premises, I don't think it's too expensive at all, really. Um, it's only survived as Spark Yacht because they were told they had to clad it. Uh, it really did look like a, a mess, really. But then again, you know, it, there's nobody controlling it. I mean, I've been to Stack at Newcastle, which is very tidy, very well laid out. But the whole thing's underpinned by... Uh, Heineken, all the units in there are only allowed to sell beers that come from the uh, Heineken stable of beers. So everyone's selling Heineken, uh, the Red Stripe, uh, anything there. Where these guys are totally fair and tie like that. So in a way, fair game to them. Um, obviously, a lot of people think that these guys should be in proper buildings, paying proper rents and rates. So, say so not that there. But again, yeah. as, as Bruce mentioned, I think that's probably one of those hotels about if, you were, if you're going to stay in York for the night and you can't afford to go into the uh, the big posh hotels in the station, uh, you've got a Premier Inn, a travel lodge down there, haven't you, that are yeah, quite big, got, aren't they? You've got a Marriott Garden Court. Ma- yeah, which again are your cheap options. A nice nice bit of York, really. You're only about a 10-minute walk from the, from the uh, uh, city centre. Um, so again, this is probably where you might end up if you were, if you were down there. Um and then, oh, we're going back up to Shambles, Bruce. So you've got here the Shambles yeah. Tavern. Yeah, no, no, this is one of the great things about York. I mean, obviously, we're on the Shambles, one of the most famous you know, streets in the world, really, the Shambles, isn't it? And uh, in excess of 4 million uh, people are passing out the Shambles every year. So if you think of all those really famous tourist thoroughfares in London, Rome, Paris, whatever, mostly what you buy is, is rubbish, overpriced rubbish, isn't it? And to be fair to the people both in Shambles Tavern, as we've seen them in the pie shop next door, they have not exploited the position at all. Uh, instead, they've kind of risen to the challenge. Uh, they've taken over these famous buildings and they're actually serving top-notch products. The Shambles Tavern, um, at the front of it, it's a little beer shop, uh, huge supporters of uh, local breweries. Uh, and you rather uniquely, almost in an Irish-style fashion, you can actually pull up a, a stool, sit at the counter of the beer shop and, uh, you know, buy any bottle in front of you. 
uh, if you want, they'll open those. Or they also have the house beer brewed them by uh, Rudgate and Tockwith, uh, and have some guest beers on as well. Um, and at the back of it, which I should have taken a picture of, they've now installed a patio, a covered patio with heaters that's actually in the market itself. Uh, so there you are, you sat there, surrounded by the hustle bus of the market. You're drinking beer from Brew York uh, that's uh, actually <laughs> incredibly a lot cheaper than Brew York itself. Uh, so they've also got Rugate beers on as well. Uh, so fair game to them. And uh, I was there with lunch, for lunch with my wife last week uh, and I did a limited menu on because of the pandemic. But we're eating uh, burgers that had come from uh, 60 yards away from Swain's Butchers in a bread bun that had come from the Haxby Bakehouse uh, 40 yards to the left of us, you know, think, well, you know, you can't... <laughs> and a takeaway <laughs> pie for four quid in the city centre, which, again, can't be that bad, really. No, that's right. It's only 30p more sitting drinking. Yeah, yeah. Also got some upstairs rooms as well. Uh, so I'll say, it's open till 11 o'clock, pub hours now. It was a struggle to get it open because of licensing. Uh, it's a bit funny about having a pub down there, but it's thriving, and I say, under absolutely no way they exploited the position as well. It's a fair price, great products, part of there, so, you know, fair game to them, really, yeah. Uh, and again, Bruce makes another uh, reason to go down the shambles because he's also going the wrong way. He can go to the shambles sausage and pie company. Right next up, that was every lunch yesterday. Yeah, and again in the same vein, you know, imagine a pie shop, four million people passing the bidower. Yeah, I don't need to bother. I'll buy it anyway. These pies are probably the best in the country now. Um, when this started. Um, there's a good butcher in Huntington, New York, called Wilson's. I believe it's linked to the Wilson family. A really nice fellow called Andrew's got it now. And the pies just get better and better. They're uh, absolutely, if you like a pot pie, these as fine as you get. I mean, last week alone, um, I had pies from uh, uh, Ilkley. The week before, I had pies in Skipton. And Saturday, nothing comes close to these. They're absolutely stunning. Uh, they've got a... That's that's why you're not drinking any, Bruce, because your disposal income goes on pies rather than beer. <laughs> and and uh, Bruce is currently planning the York Pie Ale Travel uh, podcast, <laughs> oh. which will shortly be with you, uh, which takes you on a pie crawl around uh, <laughs> yeah. the country's finest county. You could do um, it, yeah. I do think we'll just go back, because I do think while we were on um, the kind of bottom of Fosgate, whatever that becomes there, we have got to mention that, obviously... You should have pub, turned left. Yeah, well, a pub left. that... Pub that obviously the Phoenix we're going to come to in a minute, but the hey, other pub that is it too late for doing slurp them in here now? Yes, I've, I've the, other, the other pub I want to talk about is the Spread Eagle because it is yeah. it is still there, isn't it? But it's, it's a good. it's a hollow, and I think I if you did probably twenty five years ago, we would not have ever gone to York without going to the Spread Eagle, oh. which is down towards the bar at the bottom of the street on the right here past the, the Red Lion. Again, there's another street here that's got loads of pubs in it, but towards the end, uh, within sight of the bar down there. Was the uh, was the Spread Eagle, which again in our days was a cracking pub. Uh, again, one of those early York pubs that really got into cast beer. And again, there'd be quite a few different beers on in there. Uh, Longlord's beers on it. The yeah, and legendarily the legendary Cat of Nine, which was a whole baguette <laughs> um, cut up and filled with the finest Yorkshire beef. With lashings of, of onion gravy, which it was, was the, dead cat, kit- dead kit- the dead kitten was a, a kitten, small baguette. Yeah. The dead cat was yeah. a whole French, oh, whole the French dead cat sliced yeah. into full of rice <laughs> on a bed of chips. Yeah, it was bonkers. Which uh, was great. And then they used to do quite a nice curry as well, didn't they? Used to do, uh, quite, yeah. a, uh, quite a fiery curry. So we would always spend uh, probably far too much time and money in there. And that was again had a nice kind of. Um, I guess it was almost, almost. It was. It was a very big snug, and then it had a down the side as well, wasn't it? Into a kind of back room as well, but and a little bit of that back as well. So, uh, you know, that was one of our earliest, probably biggest haunts. Really, we never went to York. That was definitely the pub that we would yeah. go into. And then I can remember Nick going into some of those slightly dubious pubs. There's the Five Lions that's down that road as yeah. well, which is a, that's um, called the uh, 
renamed now, isn't it? That's the Waterfront Hotel now, the right, Five Lions. Okay, the Five Lions. They, they reckon they had one of the finest beer gardens in York, didn't they? Because that's so yeah. looking that isn't the Foss as well, like. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But that's no, well, it opened, it closed, it opened, yeah. it closed. Yeah. And of course, the Phoenix is now down there now, isn't it? Which we, we need to talk, probably talk about now, really, the Phoenix. Which is, Phoenix uh, is a stunning pub, uh, uh, just uh, um, at the end of uh, Hope Street there, across the York Barbican. So if you're going for a concert, the Phoenix place got. Uh, and it was a, a, a traditional locals pub that uh, fell into disrepair and opened up, I think, in the late 90s. Uh, the gentleman reopened it, sadly. He passed away a few years ago, but his family have taken on. And it's an absolutely fantastic pub, isn't it, the Phoenix? Uh, when you go in there, they've got the front to the right. The front room's fantastic. Uh, a roaring fire in winter. Fantastic range of well-kept beers. Candlelit when it gets dark. And a large um, uh, room at the back. Uh, again, uh, pretty much unspoiled. Um, just a little bit off the beaten track, but I say paradoxically, opposite yeah. the back, we're going to concert. Uh, I did take photos and I forgot to send them last night and forgot to upload them to Michael. So Beer garden at the back, Bruce. There is absolutely. I don't think it's open yet, sadly. Uh, and but pies on the bar. Yeah, pies on the bar. Yeah, it's, right. it's absolutely, York one, York, York, one of York's best pubs. And I say really only five or six minutes walk from uh, the Shambles. Yeah. It's well, well worth a visit. Absolutely. And then you've took us back then into kind of Goodrum getting up there and we you're going to finish. I think this is the last pub on the list for this is the Snickleway in Bruce. So you talk about, I'm going to go for a quick peek while you carry on and tell me about yeah, the Snickleway. So the Snickleway used to be the Angler's Arms. Um, uh, nothing to do with fishing because, of course, as we all know, pubs uh, went through a period of time where they were predominantly named after the clients who uh, inhabited them. And the Angler's Arms was the uh, drinking, um, preferred drinking um, place for the, all the stonemasons who worked at the on the Minster and of course, the uh, right angle to keep all the stones straight was their essential tool. So the Snickerware used to be the Angler's Arms. Uh, and then I think about two, 25 years ago, uh, they renamed it the Snickerware in honour of uh, York's uh, preferred name for all the uh, alleyways and ginnels that uh, run through the city. Uh, Snickerware uh, is actually a name that was made up by a gentleman who actually uh, wrote a book to catalogue all these alleyways and ginnels. He gave them the name Snickerware. It sounds really old, doesn't it? And I say uh, the Angler's Arms became the Snickleware. And uh, an absolutely cracking pub it is as well, really. Certainly the best pub in Goodrum Gate. Uh, it's small. It's got um, sort of one open room. Uh, it's got a fire, roaring fire in winter. Uh, then a room that comes off it, a long, narrow room, uh, again, with the fire in there. Uh, absolutely cracking. Big commitment to really ale. Uh, you can even get a snack from the tiniest, tiniest kitchen you get there. Ignore the John Smith sign on the outside of the door. Gentlemen who own this thing is right. They're real big, real ale. And if you ask them nicely, they might let you have to take a look at their cellar because the cellar is absolutely uh, minute. You have to um, sort of crouch down to about half, um, to about four foot, uh, and they have to operate and get all the beer down there. Uh, it's astonishing. And again, um, if uh, arguably um, one of York's most haunted pubs again as well. Uh, the gentleman, landlord who used to have it, Frank, who died again not so long ago, uh, he was a pretty bluff, no-nonsense Yorkshire man. He wasn't one to spin a yarn. Uh, he had the pub for a lot of years, um, and I remember speaking to him, and he would talk about being there by himself and things moving about noises and you know it was the type of when he totally thought there was something in it really so yeah so probably the finest pub down Goodrum get Snickle away uh, amazing they've actually opened up now with just four tables or two outside yeah. and traded they've also made... very tiny, a very very tiny big game back called the yard and it's so small so a fair game to them really but, say, but it's Goodrum Gate traffic free these days because I saw um, it is uh, traffic uh, free from uh, the cross keys 
um, onwards down to uh, Church Street, Bridge Street. Yeah. Obviously, they've taken over the whole of the pavement, and this this is quite a narrow street. It is, yeah. So if you if you were having to walk in the road, and lorries and cars and things do go down it because they do deliveries. So well, they've got barriers now and security men uh, for the pandemic. Yeah, right. Right. Temporarily traffic free, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely for a choice of. But uh, it was, it was, it was handy for, like you said, the Mincy Yard that was being used as a communal drinking yeah. area after the second well, lockdown yeah. last year. Yeah. We we were going there for our takeouts, weren't we? They were supplying you with a poly, uh, little poly pin, five pound deposit on it, weren't they? Yeah. So we were getting right, four yeah. pints of beer. That I think it was charged. Yeah. It was working out what three fifty a pint, wasn't it? And. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you are in that, that, that part of York and, and you're still having to drink outdoors, if you don't want to sit directly in the front of the pub, if the, uh, the Minster Yard area is being reopened as a communal drinking area, then you can always go there, get a polypin from the bar, four pints of beer, and then go and take it around there and drink it. It is, uh, yeah. Well, they've also got seating now on um, the other side of the Minster, just for the Dean Cart Hotel there. Uh, they've also put seating in the area in front of the York Art Gallery as well. So a fair game for the council. They yeah. are doing all the council support pubs who, with an outdoor seating because they've created some lovely seating areas in some of the you know finest parts of the city uh, where normally yeah. you're allowed to sit and drink. But, um, but I mean, why not, bro? Because I say we said this, every other town or city in Europe, this is normal to them. Yeah, any yeah. open square, yeah. any yeah. plaza, any piazza, they're just full of tables and chairs. Yeah, no. That's absolutely. how it should be, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm on my last beer of the podcast, so I've now gone to a whiplash rollover session IPA, which is quite lively, uh, a little bit of a, oh, a bit of haze, yeah. uh, and, and whiplash. Okay, there's another beer, another brewery that I've Looks like homebrew to me. This is uh, whiplashbeer.com, Dublin. Ah, yeah. That's when that's when you used to put too much sugar in the bottle uh, to try and make it no, more I've been listening to the Hop Indians podcast, and they were talking about uh, Yellow Belly, which is uh, I think they are in um, I don't know what, not Watford, the other one, what's the one next to Watford, Wexford, Wexford. And interesting, what they've done is they've actually opened, they've actually now uh, opened a purchased a, a warehouse in England, and they are bringing beers over on lorries. And selling them from here because that means you know they they beat a lot of the problems of trying to sell beer from the Republic of Ireland now via bloody Brexit. Uh, and they were making the point that that's a hell of a commitment, but it shows you the challenges that some of those Irish breweries have got to try and flog beer now to the UK. And obviously, the UK market is a massive one, so that was quite interesting. Now, again, Goodrum Gate, Monk Bar, Bruce. There's another there's another area where there are literally pubs every other building out there. Nick's already mentioned that. Um, almost across the stickleway, there's the Robinsons on the corner there, isn't there? And then the other big Nicholson's, Robinsons, Nicholson's, the Nicholson's. and then there's also the Swan a little bit further mm. up, isn't it? Which is a very old, that's another really old pub, isn't it? The, the Swan. Yeah, that was where the uh, coaches used to originally depart from. Goodrum Gate was the sort of main uh, thoroughfare for all the uh, coaches that used to head from York to North yeah. and South. Um, lots yeah. of tears of people being run over, um, walking into the path of the coaches as he uh, came out of the various things. So we, I think that brings us to the ends of the well, certainly the ones that Bruce sent me. So I reckon in a minute I've got I've got the list. So I reckon that's forty two pubs, forty three pubs that we've kind of talked about. We've mentioned that we haven't. Oh, we, we've we've talked about the Phoenix, but we haven't got a picture of it. So we haven't. Well, we have to talk about it. Nick, for you, is there any other ones that we that we've missed off the list that? And with that, I'm going to, I'll show you the list in a minute. And then we also, I also, I remember last time I set us all the challenge of picking Pop's best three and whether we've changed those. Yeah, I would say just, just a couple at the bottom of Hull Road there, the Coach and Horses and the uh, Rook and Gaskell. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. Relail. Uh, so there's a couple there. 
like you say, Phoenix. Do you say Brown Cow's closed now, Bruce? No, that's reopened as a... Taylor's as a, landlord. Yeah, no, it's Sam Smith's pub now, yeah. Yeah. And um, Nick, you were always a big fan of the bloody handsome cab, weren't you, in town? Yes, yeah, that was Sam Smith's... Uh, oh, the Burns Hotel. Which yeah. is, a, is a terrible thing to do, because Mr Hanson, who invented the handsome cab, came from York. Yeah. And normally Sam Smith's are pretty good at uh, either, a bit like Weatherspoons at keeping history or paying tribute to... So why is they call it the Burns Hotel now after Rabbi Burns? Because it was the Burns Hotel for a, a long, long period of time, and he only got renamed the Handsome Cab in something like the nineteen sixties. So Mr. Smith thinks he was resorting back to the original name. So the Handsome Cab was uh, really bad in the middle of the shopping area, and it was a Sam Smith pub, uh, quite a nice pub actually, with some lovely old bloody leather seats. Well, that's, that's why back I, I was I was re re reading about it the other week. And he deliberately put all the leather button seating in there. So it yeah. was like the inside of Hanson Cab, yeah, yeah, the dark yeah. wood. So when you were in Victorian London, you climbed your Hanson Cab, you often got a leather button seat and you're surrounded by the interior of the wooden, and wooden little wooden taxi cab. So that's deliberately when they, when they did the pub, uh, Humphrey had his pub look like the interior of Hanson Cab. So yeah, for the sort of clientele that used to go in there, the fixtures and fixtures. Well, it was a mix, were... wasn't it? Because it, it got a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a dodgy pub, but it wasn't really. You just had quite a few guys who often either worked or lurked around the city centre, a lot of kind of street cleaners. You also got a lot of tourists in there because it was it's in the tourist trail. Because they used to they used to bang out meals, didn't they? So oh, you yeah. get loads of people kind of from Italy and Spain trying to drink um uh old brewery, <laughs> old, old brewery bitter going, oh blimey. and then trying something stupid like the mild or something. So there was always loads of beer left around. And I've got to say that the ruffians were quite nice York ruffians. Yeah, well, yeah. York's yeah. quite genteel. Because at that time they had a good, he was a long standing landlord. Yeah. You always remember he had his pipe, yeah. and he did, his yeah. handlebar moustache. And he was always he was a he was a proper landlord because you always saw him no matter whether he went in there during the week, weekends, night or day. He was always in attendance, he was. and he knew everybody. And if any of his locals were c carrying on, he knew how to put them back in check and, yeah. and, and sort them out. And that that made a big difference. And yet, yeah, the last couple of times I've been in, it was a bit rough and ready, like. But yeah. you know, that's yeah. that's anyway, what that's what cheap hard collar tracks, isn't it? It's very much a touristy pub now, and I presume they they might have a cast beer on, but. Um, the one I thought about, Bruce, was the Mason's Arms, which, again, sorry, the Murray, no, the Murray Arms. Is it Murray or Mason's Arms? Mason's no, Arms, yeah. Mason's Arms, which uh, we've been a few times, which is quite nice. That's just, again, just outside uh, the walls, quite near the river, which was always good and did some really good food. Um, the Micklegate Social we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. That's mm. kind of an up-and-coming place, isn't it? Uh, I mentioned there's a brewery link to that now as well, and they do, that's the ice cream factory. Nick mentioned the Rook and Gaskill. I remember that's the other beer brewery now that they three beers or something we talked about. That, we used to, uh, we used to go in Walker's well. Bar, bottom of Micklegate, when we first started Which is called the Artful Dodger now. Yeah, yeah that used to be yeah, a Thiexton's so. house, didn't it? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that used to be a lovely, lovely pub, didn't it? So, uh, well, let me put the list up then. So I've got the list here. So we have talked about the Yachtap, the Maltings, the Vulgar Bait, the Golden Ball, the Yakon, the Last Drop, the Swan, the Slip In, the Volunteer Rounds, the Fox, Crystal Palace, the Minster Inn, the Exhibition, the Lamb and Lion, the Eagle and Child, the York Arms, Three-Legged Mare, the Guy Fawkes, the House of Curly Manners, the Punch Bowl uh, on Petergate. Is it Petergate? Stonegate. Um, uh, the Pivini, because there's quite a few Punch Bowls in York. <coughs> the Pivini, the Valhalla, the King's Arms, the Blue Boar, the Three Tons, the Pavement Vaults, the Maggie Cat, Golden Fleece, Golden Slipper, Shambles Tavern, Royal Oak, 
uh, the Black Swan, the Blue Belt, the Hop, Brew York, the Red Line, and the Snickleway Inn. Now, I, I, I've got another one, actually, because I, I haven't mentioned the Leeds Brewery pub, Nick, that me and you like going into. Oh, Duke um, York. Duke York, which is quite nice. That's on a nice yeah. little square where uh, York Chocolate is based, isn't it? Just off the shambles. Yeah. Uh, it's a quite a strange yeah. little kind of pubby thing, but the beer's always leads, we like Leeds Brewery. Well, beer. it's a pseudo pub because anybody looking at it think it's been there for hundreds of years, yeah. but it's not. It's been a stage agent. It's, it's a black and white timbered building, and yeah, they've got the crooked timber at the front. You walk in there, and it's it's dark and it's dingy. It's often very cold in there. Smells of fish and chips as well. <laughs> uh, so a lot of tourists think it's been there for hundreds of years, but in fact, it's yeah. not. It's only been a pub for what about five, six, seven years, Bruce? Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah. So I got. I've also got brew. I would as, as an equity punk. I, I'd have to go to brew dogs. I'd get my five my lifetime five percent discount. Um, I'm, Nick's mentioned moving Gaskell Phoenix. We talked about Mason Arms, and then we get social. So I think that makes forty two. So Nick, top three. Well, I'd say I'm, hot is the one that I would always go in. Yeah. I'm on my own because I know I can sit in the window, watch the world go by, get a decent beer, get the internet access in there as well. So if I need to go on the internet, I can do it in there. Can almost work from home, as it were. Uh, which of the other ones? Uh, say I've said before, Bruce, you're so lucky having the Fox and the Crystal Palace. You've got the Sam Smith's pub, uh, which is no nonsense pub, and then the Fox, yeah, just for its interior. It's obviously was a territory, uh, ter- uh, heritage house. Once again, you've got that massive, great big area outside, just out of the city as well. So it doesn't normally get as manic as you've just sort of suggested it has been because of. Uh, People going a bit daft in the beer garden. So, yeah, I would think they're, they're going to be top three. Crystal three. Palace, the Fox and the Hop. Okay, Bruce? Uh, the, the, one I've omitted, of course, was the Wellington and Alma Terrace in Fulford. Uh, I just forgot to send you the picture. Um, that's what we should have mentioned. Uh, you can walk to it by the riverbank. Uh, here at Alma Terrace in Fulford. It's a classic, small, three-room pub uh, in uh, Terrace uh, off the riverbank. Um, Sam Smith's pub, it's just literally in the middle of all the pubs, but a real uh, classic example of, you know. Not so. on the list, Bruce. Uh, you, you've had it. You've missed it's, the list. It's, it's a residential street, and once again, you wouldn't know. Walking down that street, you think you're walking down residential street, terrace towers either side. Typically in York now, car, cars parked, nose the tail all the way down that street. And you just have to walk past this building that doesn't quite just look like a, another terrace house because it's twice the width to know. Hang on, it's got a pub sign hanging outside it. With a picture of a, 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 a um, the polling. Anyway, it's, it's not on the list. It's off. It's, it's gone. Yeah. It's on the list. Go right. on, Bruce. Pick we'll, have to, we'll have to do the mop up next week. <laughs> uh, I think I look, look the blue bell. The blue bell is you know it's in the camera inventory of a you know historic interior, deservedly so. It's perfectly preserved. You feel like you're drinking a you're drinking a place that is a little piece of history. Great atmosphere, and I think. Uh, I really, really like the Phoenix as well. Uh, Phoenix is a lovely, lovely pub. That room when you go in on the right-hand side, of say, especially when it's dark, the fire's lit, it's candlelit. It's by people who know beer. Uh, so I say um, definitely the Phoenix as well. And I think if I had to go for one of the more modern ones, uh, for the choice of beers, the comfort, if you can get a seat, the Market Cat's a, a good place to yeah. have a few hours as well. Great with that one, Rose. It might be easy for me because I don't come to York that often now and often, often I've come of the trade I'll be meeting Nick or we maybe have a quick hour and a half or the family have gone shopping so I think for me it would be probably the malting just because certainly since I've not lived in Yorkshire for the last 20 odd years that's the first pub I'd always go to 
Um, I think I said York tap. I, I don't mind the York tap, but I'd probably I'd probably walk over and normally I'd probably meet Bruce or Nick in the Maltings. You know, I said when train's gone in, I'll see you there. Uh, I think the Minster Inn then for me, because I just love that little yeah. walk anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, through the Yorkshire, the Yorkshire Museum Gardens, um, past you know through there down by the river. And then I think I think you're right, Bruce. I love Thornbridge beer, so I think a pint of Jaipur uh, in that top uh, in the top booth, right at the top of there, um, and, and then maybe have a, a Green Mountain just to slack my thirst. Uh, and then pick one of their mad beers to finish off. So I think for me, it would be the Maltins, Minster Inn, and then the Market Cow, which yeah, is a nice little tour, little zip. Yeah, it's, well, it's, really. it's impossible to pick your favourite because, you know, it all depends on what mood you're in, what day it is, whether you're on your own, whether you're in company, whether you yeah. want to chat, whether you want to see a bit of nightlife, you know, and, and that's what York's not going for with all the different, you know, uh, if- variations of the different clubs that, that are available. If you had the choice, though, I would say if you can, if you can go go for a midweek midweek day in the autumn, uh, probably October November. I think yeah. York's is best there. It's a bit quieter, <laughs> as we said. A lot of these pubs have have real fires. You'll just get the light going dropping at about six seven o'clock, and it gets nap- have an overnighter. Yeah, yeah. And, go uh, by train, overnighter. Plenty of cheap hotels in York now. Premarines, travel lodges. Have an overnighter. Right, we have been getting better keeping the time down. I think we've gone slightly over this week. So uh, we've, I think we've mentioned a couple of our plans. So, Bruce, you've got plans for the long weekend? Yes, weather permitting, although it's not a, the weather forecast is looking quite shocking. I think we'll have to do what we need to do uh, Saturday, Sunday, because Monday's going to be an absolute washout, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it on the forecast. Uh, Nick, you're still up in the lakes for another few days. Back yeah, it's just going with the floor. Sounds yeah. like he's following the yeah. lake. Go with the floor, there. see what's going on. Going with the floor. Sounds it'd like be interesting the... to see. To see, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it gets any busier up here. As I say, I'm sure they are missing out their their international tourists as well, like Edinburgh is, because obviously this time of year it's normally chock a block full of Chinese and Japanese tourist buses. Right. Um, so yeah. as I say, certainly we've not seen the volumes of people in Bournemouth and Ambleside place like that. But be interesting to see. I know they get a lot of people coming from Cheshire, from Liverpool area. Uh, you know, on weekend. So we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. Okay, and as mentioned, I've got a little trip into the Peak District, so I'll hopefully be able to report back on the fun I've had at Books and Brewery. I've already been looking at the beer. I've already downloaded the app. I've already been looking at the beers <laughs> I'm going to have. I think I'm going to, there's, they've got, I think they've only got one cask at the moment, but they've got a few kegs on. So I'm going to go for a pint of cask and probably start straight away on three kegs, uh, just three halves and start sampling. And then I'm also looking forward to Thornbridge on just because Thornbridge beers. I love Thornbridge beers. And I've just, again, they've got some cracking things. I'm hoping I can get one of the Adnams Thornbridge collabs that I've not seen yeah. anywhere, or we mentioned a few times. Uh, and then the plan next week, Nick, so you, while you're up there, you did a little bit of homework while you're on holiday, uh, is that we're going to do Sheffield. And I think, gents, we should commit here. So I want you next week to have your diaries out because we've said that Chef will probably be one of the first places that we might go to as an as a initial um, when we get released. So post the 17th of May, yeah, yeah. When we can fully travel and hopefully we can sit in pubs. Um, I think we should actually do a proper uh, and kind of walk the talk and talk the walk or whatever and actually plan our trip to Chef uh, with a possible overnighter. Um, oh, yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll look at some I'll look at some prices for hotels and things. And Nick's probably got again some. I've certainly got a lot of credit that they keep they keep, they keep desperate for me to go to a hotel, uh, either the Hilton chain or the the chains that I've got membership of. Um, and I think Nick, if you you all be in the chair next week because it's one of your kind of past cities as a student there. Um, so a nice little tour around Sheffield. 
I think if we can get under 12 pubs would be quite useful. Yeah. <laughs> Which is doable, isn't it? Because I think we, me and you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good pubs. yeah. So that's bit, the plan. Bit, 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 bit more walking in Sheffield compared to York. That's oh, get, get, we'll York, get, is, York is so compact. But... We'll get a tram. We've got trams in Sheffield. We'll get well, a tram. Yeah. we have to have a tram. Jump on the bus but we're not, going yeah. out, we're not going out to Rotherham or anywhere like that, though, please. <laughs> Bruce, we won't go to Rotherham, would we? <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to that old mill pub, yeah. And that bakery, <laughs> and that bakery was great. And those peculiar sausage yeah. sandwiches, they live rather in memory. And we can, we can jump on a bus and it can go through Abbeydale and go up to Totley if you really want, and up the plume or somewhere, <laughs> right. just for all, your old time's sake, if you want. Uh, well, no, I mean, the, the, the Fleur de Lis was closed. They've, they've knocked right. it down now. So, and and yeah. they don't brew that frog and pirate stuff anymore, do they? That yeah. stuff that was... Bloody uh, whatever it was. Oh, that, uh, I did see actually. I think is it Roger and Out. The frog and out. Parrot was the pub out, on yeah. West Street, and it was called Roger and Out. And they, they only ever gave it you in thirds. And after yeah. each third, they gave you a certificate that was more and more blurred. <laughs> but me being a Yorkshire lad, straight into the city, I said, oh, I didn't want a third, I want a pint, mate. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to serve it by a pint. So why not? I said, What's different? Just me just buying three thirds on bar. So I managed a pint of it, but yeah, got my certificate. And I can remember my own mates throwing up all over the window the, the nice Italian next time. Pizza, um, yeah. I've read somewhere, I'll, I'll find out next week, maybe Brewdog, somebody's got a 57% beer out at the moment, um, which apparently sold out, but they've just released it. I've got a feeling it might be Brewdog. So I'm, I'll check that one out. 57% beer, that's just mental, isn't it? But anyway, so that's the plan. So we'll record that next Thursday, which is something like the 4th, 5th of May, and hopefully be out for the next weekend. So... Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, chin chin. Later, bye. Uh, have a good weekend, and we'll we'll catch up again next week.